I'm multitasking. I'm trying to do inventory, get paperwork printed out for my musical class, and do the podcast. Oh, yeah, you do start the musical class today. Uh, They overwork me here, Scoop. (laughs) Wait, you overwork you here. Well, that's true. I I can't say no to anything. (laughs) Who sets the artistic director's (laughs) schedule? I think it's the artistic director. I think it's me, yeah, and I'm like a dumbass. I can't say no, and I just keep adding more on. So, (laughs) all right. Are we ready? Let's do this thing. From Atlanta, where our aquarium is bigger than your town's aquarium. It's the Whole World Improv Theater Podcast, brought to you by Whole World Improv Theater, Atlanta's original home of improv. Here are your hosts, artistic director Chip Powell, and a man who's eating more vegetables. By putting them on pizza. John Mihalik. John, pineapple on pizza? I'm a fan. (laughs) And instantly, 50% of the population hates me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whole World Improv Theater, the podcast. I'm John Mihalik, and with me, my co-host, the artistic director, Mr. Chip Powell. Hey, John. I'm very excited about our guest today because I really want to dig down deep into the mind of Scoop Dawson because I don't know... I don't know the underbelly. You know what you I'm don't saying? Know the underbelly? Yeah, I want to know the underbelly because he came in as a mystery and has signed up for every show. He got brought on during a pandemic. He's done video. He's done Zoom. He's done Twitch. We've done everything as well as live in-person theater with the audience. Everyone, welcome Scoop Dawson. Hey, everybody. Getting into your background, I think the first thing is, anytime I get an email from you and it says Gerald Dawson, and I'm just like, who is, oh, that's Scoop. So, Mm -hmm. Scoop, the nickname, how did that happen? Well, when I was younger, well, when my parents were still together, um, my dad said that I used to go around and scoop things up and then just go hide them in, like, obvious places. So, like, I go probably pick up his car keys and then hide them up under, like, the like the living room table or something. Like, you can just see where it was. He just called me Scoop. And then also his name is Gerald, so. Oh, uh, yeah, I get that. A lot of people up north still know me more as Mark. Were you always a little troublemaker? No, not really. I was afraid of whoopings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had it like getting whipped. It was like getting spanked. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, nah, uh, I just, I just rather be a good child. But I was a talkative child in, in oh, school. Really? Yeah. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Growing up, any interest in the arts or theater at all? Uh, I mean, I thought about it, but, but like the way we, I grew up, it was kind of like okay, focus on your books and stuff like that. So I even like wanted to play like football and stuff. My mom, she wouldn't let me because she was afraid of me getting hurt. And so uh, I was in the band, the marching band. That was about it. But like all my teachers, they always said that like I need to be doing something that would allow me to get all that extra energy out of me because I was doing the schoolwork, but they said that I was kind of ahead of what like everybody else was doing. Or either it was like put me in like honors classes or give me another outlet because I was like finishing my work. And so they were afraid you would get hurt in football, but they weren't scared to whoop you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also got a pin in my hip too. A what? A pin. How did you get a pin in your hip? I used to go to like these little summer camps in the summer. And so like sometimes adult counselors would like play the kids and then like one of them counselors like fell on my hip. 
Oh. And so like I was walking around with a limp and finally my mom took me to the doctor. And I almost, like the doctor was like, I'm glad you came in on time because it was about to hit his, whatever the growth thing is. And I would've been walking around with a boot. <sighs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Way to bring the room down, Scoot. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about in high school. Are you doing any sort of arts or entertainment in any way? Or are you just doing schoolwork? I like I marched in the marching band, so like we had like field shows and stuff like this. So yeah, you told me last night that there was a certain kind of drum that I was playing because yeah, uh, I don't have a clue. Yeah, it was the uh, quads. And I said, if you know so much about drums, why aren't you playing the kit? And you said. I played the trombone. <laughs> That's funny. Can you still play the trombone? Uh, I haven't picked it up in a while, but I think if I was to get a book, I could probably still play my scales and stuff. But I probably would have to like look at the music to play a song. It'd be great to have a horn section. Daniel Clanton on trumpet where you scoop a trombone. <laughs> when do you first get on stage as a performer? Well... I kind of like enjoy like when I was marching in a, in a band in college. Our band is like a big deal in my college, like the Sonic Boom of the South. And so, um, like being like in front of a crowd and seeing folks like making people happy and cheering and stuff like that kind of like excited me. But I was always doing it like in a crowd of people. But now it feels even better being like with a smaller group of people and people actually get to see you like who you really are. And you graduate from where? Jackson State University. What's your journey from there? thought I was going to get a job after my bachelor's degree, but I didn't. So I decided to get my master's, and I joined a program called Bridge to Doctorate. And so then they basically like sent me on like a trip to China for like an internship like two or three weeks. And then I went to uh, Indiana for the rest of the summer and did research there. Then I finally got – no, well, actually, I didn't get a job after I graduated my master's. I had to substitute teach for a little while. So I was just thinking about saying forget the engineering degree and just go – take the teaching test and become a teacher. Then I got a job here in Georgia. And so that's what brought me to Georgia. And so what is it that you do? I'm a computer engineer at General Motors. Look at you go. <laughs> was Whole World your first ever improv class training? Yes, it was. So what makes a General Motors technician there go, hey, I want to do some improv? Actually, I wanted to try stand-up. Well, actually, before I came to Georgia, I had two friends, uh, Brandon and Steve. When I was in grad school, I always used to go to their apartment, like, in between classes, because they stayed, like, right around the corner from the school. So we just always hung out. And then, like, every time it was like, why don't you let us take you to Memphis and do the amateur hour? I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and they was like, why? I'm like, I'm not going to get up there and let people boo me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so they, they was like, man, we're just going to get you drunk one night. We're just going to take you up there. And I was like, no, I need to be prepared before I do something. Something like that because I don't want my first time up there getting booed. Like they'll be traumatized. And I would never want to speak in front of people again. This man has a strict no booing policy. Okay. <laughs> and so, like, somebody had suggested that I try improv first before I even try stand up. Like they say, most comedians try improv first and then they get on the stage for stand up. That's what I did. And somebody ended up buying me one of the Saturday workshop tickets. And so I came and then, like, that day I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take classes. I think Emily was the teacher, and I think y'all kind of like coerced us into just jumping in that day and go ahead and buying it. Because I think mm -hmm. I bought my ticket from Paige, like my class ticket from Paige. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, if I do leave this place, I'm probably not going to pay the money. So let me go ahead and pay the money and take my first class. I know a lot of our performers here have theater background training, but then there's some that just don't. So for those that don't have that, what's that first initial class how are you feeling? Like, what's the experience like for anybody out there that's thinking about doing it for the first time? 
I mean, I just feel like even if people had, well, going into a new environment, I just feel that you're going to be nervous anyway. Go in there, I'm going to be nervous. So they just take everything that they're telling you and just do what they say. And then, because it's like you're not doing something. It's not like you're going to go in and commit a murder or something like that. Like you're going in there to learn improv and better yourself as an individual person. I've never heard anyone connect improv with murder. Hold on, the statute of limitations has prevented me from talking to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I think for me, coming to grad shows, I have to go to a, a lot of them. There's always something about watching someone who's a student performing and getting what I like to call their sea legs. So what's it like the first time you perform improv in front of an audience? Are you still having that, oh, I hope they don't boo me factor? Or oh, No, nah, I don't have the whole hope they don't boo me factor. Yeah. yeah, I just, well, I haven't heard anybody get booed here, so I'm not really worried. Now, stand up up there by myself, yeah, I can yeah. I can see myself get booed yeah. a little bit. But, like, being with other people is like, okay, if I get booed, I got my friends with me that's going to get booed with me. <laughs> well, Jake just talked about the fact that there were some, ooh. <laughs> it's very close to a boo, just without the B. But, uh. <laughs> That's probably because I probably said something that offended somebody. Coming in, you know you're going to do your first show in front of an audience. Are you inviting people? Like, what was that experience like for you to do a show for your first time? Uh, it was. I mean, I was real nervous. Like, okay, gonna get in front of you. I invited my AT and stuff, and then I invited other friends. Then they came and. Uh, that made it a little bit better, but I was like, hopefully they'll tell me if I really suck, like don't go up there again. But everybody like kind of told me that I did a pretty good job and they was really, they were surprised that I was even trying something like that. Mm -hmm. And so when I got on stage, when the lights came out, I was like, okay, here it goes. And mm -hmm. then I'm like, well, I'm out here now. So yeah, I mean, what else can I do? I actually, I'm actually like that when I come out on Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays too. Yeah. Every time yeah. I feel a little nervous, I'd be like, well, I'm out here now, so hey. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> when you come out, I mean, you're so charismatic on stage. You're just so self-assured up there. I mean, you've got a lot of natural charisma when you're up there. But to hear you talk about it, you're just like, uh. Oh, yeah, it's, it's all a facade. <laughs> <laughs> so then you do another showcase. What's that like? That showcase, it was a little bit easier to do that one because yeah. of the fact I had already done it before. Uh -huh. And so it was a little bit easier. Now, the next one, when it was like the two-hour one, I was kind of nervous about that. I was like, I haven't done this for like two hours. Like, am I going to be tired? What's, like, what's going to happen? Yeah. But then I also had to wait, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah. I had waited for uh, Aaron to start teaching 401. This program is supported in part by Georgia Council for the Arts through the appropriations of the Georgia General Assembly. Georgia Council for the Arts also receives support from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts. And thank goodness for organizations like these, because... Now more than ever, anybody sick of that phrase? Everyone knows how important the arts are. Because where did everybody turn to after two years of health arts? So let's keep recognizing these amazing organizations for what they are and what they do. We love you. So you get through the program and you're done and we offer you a spot in our apprentice program. Talk to our listeners about that feeling. 
Uh, that feeling was actually a good feeling because I was in Jackson, Mississippi, and Aaron was telling me, like, yeah, I, if you get chosen, you know, we'll call you. And it was like a month or two. And I was like, oh, well, it looks like I haven't gotten chosen. And then, like, it was like, it might have been like right before Thanksgiving. She was like, yeah. No, it was like right before like, one of the Jack State football games. I think that's why I was there. And she had called and was like, yeah, we decided to bring you to the printer's cast. I was like, for real? I think I just got through working out too. I was like, for real? I was like, you playing with me? <laughs> and she, she was like, no, I'm not playing. I was like, for real? <laughs> she, was like, she was like, well, do you excel? Like, yeah, excel. <laughs> but it was like a good feeling though. You know, we've been doing this a long time. And when we have someone that comes in for their very first time improv experience, it's pretty rare to see us offer them an apprenticeship. But I think it's a combination of your personality offstage as well as on stage. The growth of you through that process was very impressive because you're going from friends trying to get you drunk to do stand-up because you're scared of getting booed and then boom you're doing it then you've done all these showcases and now we're saying hey come on as a regular performer the most amazing thing about that was you put yourself on my radar right away because you were saying no to nothing you were going for everything. That was like, oh my God. I mean, that in itself is such an amazing thing to have not only from a seasoned actor that's trained their whole life for this, but for someone who, and it, it shows because I think that's also the process that you went through with your schoolwork. I'm going to get my BA. I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to probably teach or I'm going to move on. And now you're studying to be a teacher here. So you're in the apprentice program. What is the first time you walk in as an apprentice like for you? It was kind of, I mean, not, I'm not going to say intimidating. It was like, okay, I don't know nobody. Besides like Aaron and the people I was in class with. Yeah. yeah. And then, then I just sat down and it was just like, okay, let me just see how rehearsal goes. When do you feel like you're getting a stride in that group? Once I finally figured out that I didn't have to wait like six months to sign up for uh, shows. And so then I started doing like, started trying to participate more in the rehearsals, like jumping up to go get in front of the uh, whoever was teaching the, uh, the class that day. Cause I, I think also what it is like, it's kind of like coming in, it's like, okay, when you're in a class, when you're in a class, like you usually get called up. Like it's only like six or seven of you up in the like 401 class. And it's like, you get called up to come on stage and stuff. So I was, so it's kind of like, maybe like coming in as an apprentice, like you're used to that. But like when it's rehearsals, like you just jump up and go. Mm-hmm. And so I was having like a, cause like I was, I was like the person, like I just like let them go first. Like I'm, I go like last or like mm-hmm. in the middle or somewhere like that. Ah, uh, the classic. Uh, let's see. Let them go first. Who's sitting up? Oh, wait. Yeah. I mean, so like, yeah. And rehearsal was like the first rehearsal, like everybody's like folks was like sitting on like their knee and like they just ran up to the stage. I'm like, oh, okay. So I had to sit on my knee to, <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get some reps in. You really started meshing with everybody though. I mean, I remember, you know, you were jumping in and I don't think there's any bad scene. I can't remember you having any bad scenes with anybody. You were just really mixing in with everybody. You were just a great scene partner. How did you um, feel meshing with somebody? What was your secret to being a good scene partner and meshing with people Uh, you never knew? I mean, it's kind of like what Chip, like what we've been talking about in rehearsal, kind of like sitting back and letting the person lead and not me leading the scene. And I think that's like me, like me as being like a listener. Like I'm like the type of friend people come and talk to. 
because I just listen. Like, I won't say nothing. Like, I just listen. And, like, sometimes, like, some people come to me for advice. Like, I just listen. I try and give them the best advice I can from off my knowledge, but I'm also not the best person. Like, I'm not, I don't know everything, but just listening to, now, I know I don't know everything, so maybe that's why I'm able to listen and give advice and stuff like that. But, like, I just try to, like, listen to my, listen to the person that's, like, in front of me and just see what they, see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listening. That's so much of improv is just listening. And it's also so rare to have somebody come in and sign up for every damn show. I was like so impressed by that that I was like, I'm casting him. And I think that you're probably one of the first that I've ever truly fast tracked to main stage. So what's that like for you? Because you've only been in it a short amount of time, but you've probably done more shows than anyone at that point. And I'm like, boom, you're main stage. What is that like for you? Because you're still getting to know people. You're still getting to know the method. You're still trying to figure things out. So what's going on in your mind when we go, you're main stage? Oh, yeah. I was like, uh... (laughs) (laughs) They have made a mistake. (laughs) But it was just like, I was grateful for getting name main I'm very grateful for I was very grateful for like it like it made me like I was blushing but I still was like uh I wonder what people are gonna say we said congratulations because yeah. yeah, you're yeah, very I mean, talented I mean yeah but but still it was like I'm I felt like it was fast like yeah, yeah it was, was like, yeah. but I totally you know I was talking to Emily and I was like this guy is just like and I think that's why you probably excelled at school. You just were like, I'm going to learn this thing and I'm going to learn it inside out. And it was your actions. You were pursuing, aggressively pursuing, getting on stage, signing up for shows, pursuing to get better at it. And it was just showing and showing and showing. And it's very rare to find that in this industry. And I was like, he's got to move up now. And we did. And then boom, we're in a pandemic. Yeah, I wanted to ask, you were made main stage during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So your first main stage shows are when we were doing the Twitch shows. Yeah. What was it like your first main stage show is on Twitch? And then what was it like when you were a main stager and you actually did a show with the other main stagers on stage here? On Twitch, it was like I had got used to doing it on Twitch. It was like coming back in the studio, it was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of different. And I think everybody kind of felt that way, too, because of the fact that even if they were already main stage, they felt it, like it was kind of weird doing stuff or like sitting down. And then now you have to add physicality to it on stage. So I feel like it kind of was like me getting two main stage, first main stage performances on in, on Twitch and mm-hmm. in the theater too, so. Well, and I discovered more about you during the Twitch shows because I did have some people go, what are you doing? You've never fast-tracked somebody that quickly. And I was like, trust me, I know what I'm doing. And we created Judge Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Scoop score. Yeah. But then we also, we were creating like your dad that yells at mm. the kids. I mean, there were just so many great moments that came out of that because we were all trying. To, I mean, grandpa over here was trying to figure out how to even connect to the Zoom to get to the Twitch to stream live. And there were so many frustrating times that we couldn't go live because, you know, we couldn't figure out the technology. And yet every time, you know, we were all discovering back drops and everybody was kind of working on it which i'm sure you probably didn't have any problem with because you always came up with some amazing backdrop oh yeah 
Yeah, but I had to go get the uh, I had to go get the green screen. The green screen. Yeah. It was just one of those things that I always love to take someone like yourself who in real life is very laid back and like you're saying you're going to be more gracious on stage by being a listener. So I knew the first order of business was to put you in a position of authority and boy did you shine. And let me just tell you, because we still do those characters live, you know, so it was watching you create that was so impressive to me. And that in itself was, it's also rare to find someone who's just now coming on that's building this character arsenal of characters. What's that process for you to create a character? What goes on in your mind? Are you using real life people to experience? Or are you just making them up on the cuff? I kind of make them up like between real people and stuff I see on TV. And also like hearing like other stories other people have told me before. And then I think I just have like a, a very different imagination. Cause like when I was younger, my older cousin said that I'd be in my room and I had the good guys on this side and I had the bad guys on the, on the opposite side of the room. And then I sit up there and take my time and they all meet up in the middle and had this big battle, like some type of war type movie or something <laughs> like this. So I think it's just, I just think of weird stuff and then I just be like, oh, that might be an okay character. That's so funny because Jake was just saying the same thing. He was taking his action figures. <laughs> Although uh, he had a, what's his, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Yeah, action that. figure. I'm like Jeff Goldblum is an action figure. <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, it turns out that um, I have an action figure for Jurassic Park. I have one for Independence Day, and ah, uh, but wait. Oh well, n- n- well yeah, uh, Independence. Day, I can see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then uh, wasn't he in Jurassic Park? He was in Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's action. Major support for Whole World Improv Theater is provided by the Atlanta Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs, where beautiful people bring you the arts while surrounded by singing birds and fairies. They must have us mistaken for something like Shakespeare in the Park. Or the vagina monologues. Vagina. Coming back in and doing shows live Oh my God, you've really shined like nobody's business. So we're in the pandemic, but we're doing live stuff and you're around all the other main stagers. It's so amazing to me to see how the other main stagers have warmed up to you and like you're part of the family now. So much so that during our last gatherings as a company, you've become the king of mac and cheese. Could you please tell us? Your secret ingredient to your mac and cheese and why everyone loves it so much? See, if I told you, I had to kill you. Oh, <laughs> a murder and improv are coming back in together. That's where it comes from, Chip. <laughs> Learning the secrets. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, mac and cheese. Like, why is this your specialty? Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just easy to make. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone seems to love it. Yeah. They want some scoop mac and cheese at the at the holiday get-togethers. I'm thinking wow. about trying another dish. I just haven't figured it out yet. So now that you're in it, what are your goals right now with being in main stage? Uh, I want to keep getting better. Uh, I feel like the more times I perform, the better I get, or like the more I'm getting comfortable doing things that even I don't like. Even like with, with not not necessarily that I don't like, but I'm uncomfortable with like the singing. Like, I feel like me singing more on stage and stuff is getting me better to where I'm getting more comfortable with it. And whether I sound like an alley cat singing <laughs> and 
least I'm comfortable sounding like I had a cat singing. Yeah. And so um, just getting reps in. And also I was thinking about starting to take an acting class uh, that somebody mentioned that's at the theater. I'm thinking about taking that class. Alliance. Yeah, I'm thinking about talking to that later, or at least um, see how comfortable like doing that class or whatever. So I'm going to try that out probably like next month. Well, and we also during the pandemic did a little something called Talking with Tanya. And you were Tanya's sidekick because she loves the mess out of you. And she brought Lee in. So y'all are a threesome that, to me, from the outside, are it's a very odd threesome. <laughs> um, what's it like working with those two? Uh, it was it was fun uh, doing a talking with Tanya. Like it's it just meeting like also meeting the different people that were coming in. It was just cool. Like it was really didn't like even though it was like an odd three people. It was like everybody kind of like jailed. And uh, what was your favorite thing to do on that show? Because mm. she really made you her guinea pig. Yes, 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 she did. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I really didn't have a problem doing it. Nah, the only thing I had a problem was when they made me wear the ones and nobody else had the ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of hurt my feelings. Okay, we have to have a scene where Scoop's wearing a onesie. Well, you work out. I mean, you're a personal trainer, aren't you? Not necessarily. I do it on the side if somebody asks me to. Oh, okay. Yeah, like if somebody asks me, like, can you train me? I'm like, okay, yeah, I train you. I actually tried to do it. I had like a couple of clients. I was like, yeah, this is just too much. Oh, it's too much. I mean, because also like with coming to the theater and stuff like that too, I'm like, they were like wanting to come like after work. I'm like, I can do early in the morning, but like coming after work, I like, have other stuff I have to do after work and stuff like that. Like I have a life myself, so I just like... And then they also stayed, like, further away from me. So it was like, okay, yeah, I, yeah I'm just going to chill on that. Like, if somebody, like, stays in the area of me or, like, if I'm in their area or something like that, I'd do it then. Because you're pretty built. I mean, what do you bench? Uh, I try not to bench a lot, but I can bench up to, like, 225. I think, I, I, think I did 315 one time, but that was, like, years ago. Oh, wow. Geez. Yeah. Yeah, we're not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't do that stuff no more. I just try to maintain. I think I'm up to benching 25. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, that's because there are more than one lady. Oh, theater, here we go, man. Scoop. Here we go. Here we go. Scoop was talking about this last night. Oh, yeah? Because, and I'm sure it's because Tanya can't get enough of it. But uh, Scoop's known for having lady visitors at the shows that just come in. And he revealed his secret last night that he's not going to let us know anymore <laughs> when he's bringing a lady friend in. <laughs> Because uh, he's been through the Tanya mill. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not bringing nobody to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can bring them. You just don't tell anybody. You just act like you don't. You don't know. Because I'm. I tell. I mean, those two ladies that were on the front row last night when I was down here with Jake for phones. Oh my God, they were very much in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, they, I could hear them talking while the scene was going on because they loved how y'all were answering the phones. What was the name of the place? Uh, what was it like uh, Field Life or something like that? Yeah, Life Field or something. Life Field Chicken. Yeah, I think so. You're looking at me. I wasn't here last night. Well, that thing was hilarious. That's all I have to say because I was like, oh my god. And, you know, it was a true story from somebody in the audience, and it was freaking hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I think you should still bring people to the show. Just don't <laughs> tell Tanya, because she knows everybody's business. 
I know we got to bring Tanya back in as a special guest for interviewing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we should. You know, well, you were even saying it during Tanya's well, thing. You're well, like, yeah. I, I was thinking about, you know, because we have to do you and me as main stagers. I mean, I can let Tanya be the co-host while we're <laughs> interviewing you. Well, but we, we could probably film both of us that day. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That'll work. I don't know about that because Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, John, what's your deepest, darkest secret? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> That's what Tanya's going to ask you. Yeah. I know the secret ingredient of your mac and cheese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, you know, beside us, let's talk to our guest. <laughs> so what's your favorite game? Uh, I really like Robert Williams. Really? Yeah, it's like I told Aaron like that was my favorite game Like when I was in, in the class program. I just like the aspect of somebody having to do all three parts at once. I just feel like it, it's good entertainment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and once again, it's just proof that the audience is always rooting for you because that person that comes in to be the last person in the scene to do all three parts, they go nuts for it. They are absolutely supportive and love it. What's your least favorite? I think he's already said it. Uh, probably the musical game. <laughs> well, mean, but, maybe I there mean, was maybe there was another one. Maybe he would have said "Sit, Stan, Lean, Oscar" because no one's ever going to say that's yeah, their favorite. That's physical. And, I actually and like. I, I actually like uh, "Sit, Stan, Lean, Oscar." Oh my god, I had a blast in it, and I played it last night. And I mean, yeah, it, we played it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, with Aaron, and uh, we were the uh, two dads to Aaron, and we didn't make one mistake. And that's because, you know, you rock that out. That's a game you rock out. And he's physical, physically fit. He can bench over 250 pounds. <laughs> so I think he can handle leading on a bench. <laughs> well, let me say, not all music games. I don't mind, like, jam band and stuff like that. I like the line rap at school. I just don't like to go first. <laughs> but that's the whole secret to line rap is not being so first. The, I think it's more so the musical styles because, like, sometimes I, it might be it might be style stuff because sometimes I don't know the style or like like somebody say like a style I really don't. Know. I'm like, Man, uh, what is that? Like country music? Nah, like I know country music. <laughs> It was like mm. somebody said grunge. I'm like, what's grunge? Ain't they just metal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna start teaching. He's been shadowing, yeah, right now. And so we're getting him geared up to have his own class. All right. So you go from being in the class to being in an apprentice program to becoming main stage to owning your main stage status, working yourself up to now start instructing so you know what's next. What? You MC. got an MZ. Oh. <laughs> you're going to have to MC your grad shows. So you're going to have to start shadowing an MC. So how do you feel about that? <laughs> I think that'll be I think that'll be cool. I think you'd be good. I think it like I said it's the challenge of knowing who your performers are, how to write for their strengths and then also finding a challenge for them within that show. Because I do that with you all the time. You know, I always think what can I write for and then how am I going to present a challenge to him? Because I think that's also been one of your great successes is that when I present a challenge you always rise to it yeah i'd be like just mess with me today isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i mess with everybody we were saying that in the uh friday show <laughs> we lean over to each other just like <laughs> i guess we're just going to be scenery All right <laughs> So um, advice. So there's someone out there 
that was in your position some time ago before you endeavored to take the workshop to start this journey, what's your advice to them? I would just say, just go for it. The only way talking about it, you can talk about it all day, but until you mm-hmm. actually do it, mm-hmm. you won't never accomplish anything. You can just talk, talk. Like, that's one thing I've said that I wasn't going to do. Like, just talk about doing something. Just, I try to put it into action. If you don't never put anything into action, then you'll just be dormant the whole time. You'll be in the same spot you were a day ago, two years ago. You'll still be right where you are. And like, the goal in life is to move forward and to, to elevate and to, better yourself as a person. So I just say go for it. And when you walk in the doors now of Whole World and you're coming in as a main stage performer, how do you feel about the company in general? What is your feeling towards the folks that you work with? Uh, I feel like it's a family that I gained since moving. Because like at first it was like when I first moved here, before I started, it was like I, like I had friends and family here, but it's like, okay, I don't have no consistent like people I'm hanging around or like being around all the time. It was like, of course work is work. I hang around some of my coworkers and stuff, but we don't just like do stuff. Like I'm not seeing them like on a week to week basis. Now it's like I have another family because like I'm also in a fraternity. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in Jackson, that was like where I hung around them a lot. And like, whenever I go back to Jackson, I hang around them. And it's like, here, I have y'all. So it's kind of like, like I have a secret society or something. <laughs> <laughs> that whole world. So I enjoy it. It's kind of, it's like a family. Yeah, yeah. That's what we want it yeah, to be. Yeah, it is. Definitely want it to be that. Has there ever been a nonprofit secret society? Like you're saying, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... This is the one. And we even have deep, dark secrets about macaroni and cheese. Well, it's always funny because some years ago, someone told me, oh, this other theater company said, you guys are a cult. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, because we care about each other. And so (laughs) the person that told me this said, until we ask you to drink the chicken's blood, then you'll know it's a cult. But right now, you're just getting that free beer at the end of the night. So why don't you just drink that? (laughs) And welcome to the family. Yeah, and for those apprentices or potential students, there's no chicken blood. Don't worry. It's human blood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Blood, sweat, and tears is what it really is. Again, we got darker here with Scoop than we did with Jake Christensen. So how did that happen? Jake Christensen uh, is the king of dark humor. I know, and he didn't even go there. We'll have to get him back for that uh, unscripted episode (laughs) of the, uh, or unedited. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Okay, sorry. Grandpa (laughs) couldn't keep up. Well, it's been uh, great having you as a guest. You're really talented. I love doing scenes with you. And thanks for being with us on the podcast. Oh, thank you all for inviting me. Well, we're very happy that you're part of the family. And just for the real audience to know, you've never been given any blood. (laughs) So, yes, thank you for being here. And thank you all for having me. All right. Until next time, I'm John Mihalik. I'm Chappelle. And scene. Thanks for listening to the Whole World Improv Theater Podcast, now with twice the recommended amount of vitamin C. The Whole World Improv Podcast is a production of Whole World Improv Theater in association with Headspace Industries. The executive producer, writer, and head of the Holiday Decorating Committee is Chip Powell. The other producer and writer, along with editor, is John Mihalik. Yeah, we're on our third season now, John. Um, haven't you figured out what to call yourself yet? you a multi-hyphenate? Were you an uncut joms? My cat was meowing. I don't know if you guys heard that. She's angry that I closed the door. 
John, you should just start going by one name, Mihalik. Then everyone will know what you do, like Madonna. Original music by The Gentle Readers. And our social media maven is Bethany Rowe. Please help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review. At this point, can we just get one out of three, please? I mean, we're, not, we're not doing bad. I've been, I've been looking at some episodes. Whole World Improv Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit theater. Please support by donating at our website, wholeworldtheater.com. And remember, it's tax deductible. So help those little kid accountants out on realizing their dream of sticking it to the man. Additional writing and voiceover from me, Kate Arlo. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. And I'm literally headed out the door to go to the beach for one day. And it's the one kind of getaway I've had in three years. So even though it's only going to be about 48 hours long, I'm going to live it up. I have a, a fake tan that's coming. I got a spray, spray tan in a can. Ooh, I'm going to poison myself so much with that. I'm just going to breathe in that spray tan. Breathe it in. Because I'm afraid of the sun. Wear your sunscreens daily, kids.